Hi, I'm Ricky Lake, and you are listening to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shabell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is TV and podcast host, Ricky Lake. Ricky is best known as the Emmy award-winning host of The Ricky Lake Show and her lead role in Hairspray. We talk about her acting and hosting career as well as her new podcast, Raised by Ricky, during this episode. Ricky, welcome to Five Questions. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What do you think made you stand out while auditioning for Hairspray? And how did that role lead to other opportunities? Well, I was 18 years old and a freshman in college, and I had no idea who John Waters or Divine was. All I knew, I'd heard through the grapevine that they were looking for a fat girl who could dance for the lead role in John Waters' new movie. And I think my sense of self at that time and my spirit and my look was what he was looking for. And in fact, I actually know he wanted someone bigger. He was wanting a girl that was even larger than me. And I was like over 200 pounds when I got that part. But I think um, it was the way I read the lines. It it was the way he envisioned. You know, in looking back on that film and talking to John and being friends with him over these years, I mean, I was Tracy Turnblad. I mean, it was like he had basically written this character that was just, it was me. The right person at the right time. Exactly. And I do believe timing is everything. And it did open every door. You know, I just had John Waters on my podcast. It's going to be coming out, I think, next week. It's like full Um, circle. Full circle. And, you know, we were talking about it. And he said he actually thinks that I would have become famous and successful whether I'd gotten hairspray or not. And I disagree with him wholeheartedly. I think that he created this character that just spoke to so many, all of us that grew up feeling like the underdog, you know, and to have this believable, you know, it was believable that Tracy won the guy and won the dance contest. It was this farcical kind of thing, but it was also rooted in 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 something real, I think. Definitely. And what were the obstacles to hosting your own show at age 24? And how have you matured as a host since? Wow. Well, I'm no longer really, a, I mean, I guess I host this podcast. Podcast but, host. You know, I guess, I guess so. And that's a different, that's a whole different set of skills. I'm learning that it's harder than I thought it was going to be. But with my talk show, I mean, I think, you know, the, the biggest obstacle was being young and, and having people take me seriously, I think. You know, I was 23 when I actually got the job. I did the pilot for them. And the show was like a phenomenon. It just, from week one, it just was reaching an audience that had never been reached before in that genre. And that was the genius of Garth. Seer. He's the one who cast me. He's the one who had the concept of, of looking at talk shows in general. That at that time, it was way before your time, it was Phil Donahue, Sally Jesse, and Oprah. And all of those shows were skewing over the age of 50. So he wanted to bring in a younger host and bring in the perspective was always taken from the younger person. So it was giving young people in that day a, a real platform for them to be seen and heard. And we were talking about relationship issues that mattered to them. Yeah, now a lot of young people turn to podcasts for their entertainment and news and for education for pretty much everything. So that's probably has helped since that you've kind of switched and now you've kind of leveraged those skills experiences in this new medium. Yeah. And it's been really fun because I, you know, they'll give my producing team at Lemon Auto Media, they're the best of the best and they'll give me like points to hit. And it kind of so far with the people I've interviewed, a lot of them have been actually people that I know, like Rosie O'Donnell, John Waters, Andy Cohen, I did a couple of days ago. And it's like a conversation. Like it really is like, a deep dive 
certainly about my show and the times of television back then and their experience with my show, but also just our friendship. And it's it's been really like the Rosie interview, for instance, you know, which was our second episode. You know, it was really like a, I think it was a conversation that you'd never he heard either of us have. You know, it was very personal and I think entertaining. And speaking of the podcast, Raised by Ricky, how has it helped you dive back into old memories you had based on your career in life? Well, here's the thing. Because when I hosted my show, I didn't use an IFB. You know, I kind of had to do it all on the fly. And so it worked a part of my brain that I can't even explain, like having to retain the stories of all these people that would be on my show, that I'd be in sort of this robot mode where I don't have, like there's memory loss. There's like, so it's bringing back my old producer, you know, Stuart Krasnow and talking about it with his perspective. I feel like I'm, I'm reintroduced to what we all lived and did in a new way. And we're talking 30 years later, 25 years later like so an ongoing super, documentary yeah and it's it's really cathartic it's really surprising and some of it's a little cringy you know things i said and did back then and and but for the most part i think we really did something important back then i mean it may look and it was talk television it was trash talk whatever you want to call it but for the gay person that was living in middle middle america that didn't know people like him didn't see people like him he was able to turn on that tv at four o'clock five o'clock every day and see himself being represented seeing himself being treated with respect. And it's doing this project and meeting people and talking about it, that it, it did have an impact on people in a really positive way. And for that, I'm, I'm proud. And what cultural trends from the 90s do you most miss? And which ones are you still enjoying? Just the fact that we could have these kind of water cooler moments with shows like mine. You know, you think about the masses of people that would watch every single day. Now we're so fragmented. We're so disconnected. We're so, I mean, there's amazing gifts of the technology that we have today. And I certainly am in love with, actually, I'm addicted to my smartphone. But I think back then there was a simplicity, you know, and to not have be tied to this, you know, this device, you know, you actually met people, you actually had to call them and leave messages on their voicemail and to make plans, you know, it just, it was so different. It was like kind of a, I don't want to say slower, but it was just an easier time. It feels very frenetic now, you know, with the way we get our news, the way we have immediate reactions to things. I certainly am so appreciative that I had my talk show back when I did, you know, versus today. Much less competition back then too. Now think of how far this like thousands of TV channels, there's like a hundred million podcasts. There's just so yeah. much. It's, There's so many ways people consume. Exactly. And I think that's a gift. That's amazing. And I also like, I'm so glad I had my kind of heyday, if you want to say, of being on television, you know, back then. And I feel like nostalgia is so powerful. I mean, a lot of people, like I grew up in the 80s, like anything from the 80s, like I really love like, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and various other things. It's like, you know, you still have an attachment to what you kind of grew up with. And, and you, you feel it, you feel it in your bones. You know, it's like you have these, the shows you watch. And I, I I recognize that my show was in people's living rooms t twice a day for most places for 11 years and during these pivotal times in our lives when we're growing up and trying to figure out who we are. So I recognize that the show was really, really important to, to so many people. Definitely. And what's your best piece of career advice? My best piece, piece of advice was given to me by John Waters. So he said to me, these three things, after Hairspray, we finished filming Hairspray before the movie came out. He sat me down. He said, I want you to remember these three things because your life is about to change. He said, always stay humble, always stay true to yourself. And if you're going to read and believe the bad, th the good things people write about you, you're going to have to read and believe the bad. Like basically take it all with a grain of salt. And I think um, that advice has managed to keep me sane. You know, this business is crazy. And uh, there's lots of ups and downs in my personal life and in my professional life. And I think John Waters not only plucked me from a 
obscurity. It gave me the opportunity of a lifetime, but also gave me advice that managed to keep me really pretty grounded over these over the years. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Ricky. To follow her journey, you can listen to her podcast, Raised by Ricky, and find her on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where she shares her appearances, flashbacks, and dog. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan Bell, and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. Thank you.